King James Version says, unspeakable joy. And that is the gift that comes to us at Christmas. And the angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Look to somebody and say, great joy. Which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In this, this good news, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you, family. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you this morning. As we come, we are asking that you will minister to the different needs, the prayer needs that we've mentioned. We ask you to touch the word of God as we go forward and ask your blessings to be on everything that happens from here that honors you. By your Holy Spirit, will you bless and touch the word to challenge it to our hearts to speak to us. We honor you today and we thank you for the gift of joy. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. It was near the end of World War II, one of the concentration camps that was more like the POW camp for American soldiers. There were Nazi Germany, had a lot of soldiers there. They were guarding and watching over the POWs. And while this place was full of soldiers, they, over time, had gotten thin and, and discouraged and depressed, and they had gotten very sullen. And over months and months and even a year or two years, they found themselves... Um, almost disengaged. They, they wouldn't talk to each other. They just stayed very sad and very lonely, and they would just stay off by themselves. There was no conversation among them, and it went on like this forever and ever as the German soldiers would watch them from behind the fence until one day. One day, out of nowhere, the German soldiers came to work to find that all of those soldiers were mealing around in huddles and groups, and they were sharing and talking with one another. They were laughing out loud, and they were comrades again. Unbelievable. They didn't know what was wrong. They kept trying to figure out what had happened, what had changed. They couldn't find anything. They were still sick. They were still unfed. They were still uh, very much in the same condition that they left them the day before. They were sad, supposedly, when they left them, and now here they were with this happiness, this joy in their lives. And they had no idea what had happened until finally word had come through the German ranks there that said a small transistor radio had been smuggled into the camp. And overnight, the gentleman had heard the news that the Allied forces had landed. And there was a move, a fast move forward inland, bringing liberation to all of the American soldiers and all of those involved in World War II. So they had gotten the news, and overnight it filled them with joy. 
It turned everything around and the excitement had filled their lives until even every now and again from the crowd you would hear someone let out a big whoo. They were excited. Power of good news can change everything on a dime. You are one transaction away from a victorious shout right now. Amen. Amen. Nothing had changed in their situation except the news. Nothing had changed except the good word they received. Nothing had changed except that in that news, that good news that came to them, it changed everything, actually. Good news brought great joy. Can I tell you back in Bethlehem on the night, the holy night that we sang about, there was no change. There was still a, a society and a culture of oppression. There was still a, a hope and an anticipation that someday a Messiah would be born. There was still all of this, this hope that they had had in their hearts that was worn and old and they were tired and they weren't really paying attention. As I mentioned, there was probably not a, a lot of discernment on the night in Bethlehem when, when the star literally came into the sky. But can I tell you something? The angel declared and he was joined by a whole heavenly host that came out and said, good news. I have good news of great joy which shall be to all people. In just a moment, the shepherds went from fearful to faithful. In one moment, they went from feeling like they were the outcasts of society to feeling pretty special because there they were being, being held, beheld right in the middle of the heavens by a host of heavenly angels who gave them the good news, that good news that Jesus Christ had been born, the Messiah had come. In a moment, in that hour everything changed do you know that everything can change for you in just a moment if you will hold fast not give up don't give in allow the Lord to strengthen your faith and your confidence your courage in him you are one transaction away from a victory march around your situation amen then the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold look Go look, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'm telling you, the curse of death was removed in a moment as we began the trek towards Calvary's cross. Because of that night and Good Friday and the Easter message, you and I went from death and sin to life and immortality. You and I went from being lost to being found. You and I went from being sinners to being saints. In a moment, everything changed for us. It was awesome, all because of one small little heavenly transaction. And it, it was a song in my mind. It was God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Sing it. Because he lives, 
can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth just because he lives. Amen. Amen. Because he lives. Because he lives. Somebody needs to hear it again. You've heard the lights. You've known the story. You came in here. Oh, they're going to sing Silent Night, No Come All Ye Faithful. They're going to sing all that song. It's that time of year. Let me tell you something. If you get that down inside your spirit this morning and let it build life in you, you'd walk out of here a different human being. It would change your whole life if you'd let God come into the middle of all that sadness and grief and despair that you find yourself in in this world. The old song says, I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. While I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has yet been told. Amen. You didn't know you were going to just have the hymn book out today. Good tidings of great joy. So whether we live or whether we die, we know that because of Christmas, because of Good Friday, because of Easter, Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. We have a great Savior, don't we? We have a great Savior, an awesome, mighty God. When we were singing a few minutes ago, oh, come, let us adore him. I was thinking about, oh, Lord, do we genuinely, truly adore you? Do we adore you like we ought to? I hope that as you were singing that traditional hymn this morning, that you were singing that from a heart of worship and praise. That you were thinking about what you were singing because how powerful it is. I adore him because he lives. I adore him because he came. I adore him because of his infinite, omnipotent, omnipotent, omniscient power. I adore him because he came, he lived, and he died, and he rose again, went to the right hand of the Father for me. I adore him. I can't say it enough. There are not words to express it. It's inexpressible joy. Inexpressible joy. There's not a galaxy anywhere in the universe that wasn't made by him. I adore him because he has absolute power. I adore him. This news should bring to our hearts an inexpressible joy. No matter what we go through, no matter what we face, no matter what the day might hold, we walk in an expectation that the joy of the Lord is unspeakable. It comes when you don't even expect it. It'll come in the midnight hour and a song will come and the chains will drop and you'll be freed from your prison. It's a beautiful thing to trust in a God who is always on the throne, doesn't take a day off or never leave the throne chair. He's always sovereign. He's in control. Do you believe that? Say amen on a Sunday morning. Amen. Richard, come help me preach right now. 
I like to read two versions of the Bible. Yeah, give it up for Richard. Isn't Richard awesome? He's not bad. I want to read a verse of scripture about this joy of the Lord. About how the joy of the Lord didn't just come on that first night. It doesn't just come joy to the world on the night he's born and then it's gone. The joy came, arrived. And when he came, he meant that we were going to live and walk in that joy the rest of our lives. We're meant to be joyful people. We're meant to be people of inexpressible joy. We're meant to shock and surprise and astound the world. When you live grumpy and mean and rude and ugly, when you live like that, we sh- please, please tell people you're Muslim. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Don't tell them you're a Christian. You've given me a bad name. I walk in restaurants, they know me in town. I, I ain't got a family. I ain't got a wife cooking for me, so every waitress in town's like, hey, Ray. <clears throat> I walk in there, they know who I am, where I pastor. They know I'm going to leave a good tip because I don't believe a Christian ought to go in there and be ugly to people that serve you. As a matter of fact, they, they've been known to fight over me when I walk in because they know I'm going to take care of them. I think we ought to be the best people on earth. We ought to be the kindest, most precious, most awesome. He is merciful. He is graceful. He is kind. He is everlastingly good to you and I. His goodness and his mercy chases us down all the way into the house of the Lord. We ought to be, in his image, that kind of person. When you act ugly, when you act mean and obnoxious and rude, you are not implicating the Father God as your Savior. You are living out something else, and you are a bad representative, and you need to stop it right now. How do you do that, Pastor? How do I change my life? Just quit it. Stop it. Be nice. Power of nice. So easy to be nice. Oh, I didn't even, that's not even in my notes. Let's talk, talk about it. <clears throat> Somebody need to hear it. Thank you. All right, Richard, read, he's going to read from the King James Version. I'm going to read from the Message mer- Version, yo. <clears throat> Don't laugh at me, Jim Jackson. <laughs> Go ahead. Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 7, it says, And he called unto him twelve, and began to send them forth two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. And he commanded them that they should take nothing <coughs> for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. All right, here's that same verse. Jesus called the 12 to him, sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. I'm going to read that again because that's just good preaching right there. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. He sent them off with these instructions. Don't you think you need a lot of extra equipment for this? He said, you are the equipment. Oh, thank you. Some of you are getting it. Now the rest of you, I'm going to read it again, and you'll get it. You'll go like, duh. Okay, I got it. 
You don't need, don't think you need a lot of extra equipment to do to what? To have authority and power to deal with the devil. You mean I don't need all these stuff? I don't need all this extra equipment? No. The word says you are the equipment when you've been empowered by the spirit of almighty God. Amen. How good is that? Everything you need to be victorious, everything you need to be a conqueror, everything you need to fulfill the will of God in your life is within you. When you've, had the, when you've accepted Christ Jesus into your life, you've been sanctified and filled, baptized in his Holy Ghost, you are walking around victorious machine. And God is going to see to it that his will is performed in your life. Don't you doubt it for a second. Go ahead. Oh, wait, no, no. No special appeals for funds, extra clothing or food. Keep it simple. And no luxury ends. Get a modest place and be content there until you leave. And he said unto them, In what place soever you enter into a house, there abide till you depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when you depart, shake the dust from under your feet for a testimony against him. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. If you're not welcomed, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Did you hear that? Quietly withdraw. Don't post it on Facebook. Don't blog about it. Quietly withdraw. Withdraw. Don't gossip about your own family. Don't be out there causing drama. How many drama queens do we have here in the house? Don't do that. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders. You've seen that emoji. You know? Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. They were on the road. They preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. Oh, that's good. You didn't, you didn't hear me. I'll read it again. They preached with joyful urgency. A joyful urgency. I feel like the Lord has given me that this morning because I'm so excited to preach this. I think this is a message I've been waiting on. To have that joyful urgency. To stop walking around in your life living so human. You are superhuman. You have been given power from on high. You ought not to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, be a snot like the world. You ought to live like you belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You ought to be about the kingdom and the work of God. And nothing else is more important than that right there. Amen. Amen. Everything you do should be done, done with joyful urgency. If you're singing, joyful urgency. Uh, these po folks up here in the choir, they, they ought never to get up there and go, oh, come all ye faithful. They don't. That's why I'm picking on them. They're awesome. Amen. That's all right. <laughs> but whether you're singing, running a camera, hosting, welcoming out in the lobby, leading a small group, praying in the altar, holding the door for someone who gave you attitude when they walked in. 
You ought to do everything you do with a sense of joy, inexpressible joy, unspeakable joy should be bubbling up inside of your life. It says, and they preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. And then it says this, I love it. You're going to let, Elaine, hold on. Bob, you might need to hold her. She may run. It says next verse, right and left, they sent the demons packing. Right and left, I can see them falling down like bowling pins. Right and left. You know the devil comes along, the big old boogeyman. He tries to scare you and incite fear. If you're walking in faith, fear dissolves in front of every step that you take. If you'll walk in faith today, you will see the supernatural. You'll see the signs and the wonders. You'll see the power of Almighty God at work. And I'm telling you, I'm ready for it. Are you? I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm ready for it. I don't want to play church. I don't want to sit around and pat each other on the back anymore. I'm tired of position and title and all that junk. I want to lay my crown down now. And I want to give him glory and honor because he's the only one who receives the honor, the glory, the power, and the wisdom. God and God alone is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He deserves the glory. He's calling us for a church. He's calling us to be part of what he's doing in the last day. He's calling us to it. He's wanting us to get into this place where we recognize and understand that we must die to self and come alive to him. And as we do that and live that out, uh, there is going to be a return to joy. Joy. Once again, joy in the church. It ought to be that when you walk in these doors, man, it is nothing but joy. It ought to be that every person you see, it's practically bowling you over to be friendly to you and to, to, to greet you and to welcome you and to make you feel good. It ought to be that there isn't one snotty, snobby, mean, cruel person in the bunch because I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is about to turn a bunch of us into a fruit basket that'll give God the glory forever until he comes. You know what I mean. Fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperaments, goodness, all of these things. The power of God at work in our lives. We ought to look like we belong to Jesus. It's joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Amen. Amen. Oh, we've been raised in it. We know, and sometimes we, we just got to change our thinking. Because I remember growing up in church my whole life, and the preacher would get up, and he'd be like, bless God, Jesus loves you. Just have faith in God. He's going to come down right now where you're sitting in that pew. I'd sit there and be like, yes. <laughs> he loves you, brother. He does. Glad of that. <laughs> but don't really think I want what you're talking about. <laughs> the power of God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
When I preach like I'm preaching right now, it's because there's joy bubbling up inside of me to where I can hardly contain it. I love when they were singing, go tell it on the mountain. I want to tell it on the mountain. I want to find the highest place to say, not try to honor me and, and put me out there and make me sound like I'm some big bad preacher. I want it to be clear to the whole world. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me along long Life's narrow way. He lives. I want my life to represent that he lives. I don't want it to be Ray got saved. I want it to be that Ray died and salvation arose and his made him a son of God. That's what I want. I want to live out invisible to me and very, very transparent for the kingdom. I want the power of God to touch us all today. Joy is contagious. Joy is infectious. It spreads like wildfire. When this church truly gets a taste of joy, I love our church. we got a great church. I love you. You're amazing. You make the best no-bake cookies and fudge. And thank you for all the little tins I've got already. I've already got like five or six of them full of diabetes medicine. It's so, I mean, no. <laughs> it's amazing. You're wonderful. You're good people. You're great. And the only reason I ever do what I do is because it's so difficult for me. Yeah, I want to be better and better and better. Anybody else like that? I'm never satisfied. You can be, we can be 99% doing it right, and I'll worry about that 1% because that's the way I am. I, I want to strive to always be better. And if God is moving anywhere on the earth, I get jealous as a son. I want him to move here. I want him to move in our midst. I don't want to have to drive to Florida, Canada, or anywhere else to to feel or sense or be in on the move of God. I figure if he can go there, he can come by here. He can stop right here in this place. But we've got to get to the place where we are allowing him to move. You know, it's never God's will that we have to worry about. It's our will. Joyful. Joyful. Good news spreads like wildfire. When the power of God is truly moving in this church, there will be an up. There will be an upswing. There will be a, a breakout of laughter and love, kindness and goodness. The volunteer list will be completely filled full. There will be all kinds. We won't have to worry. I love the scripture in the Bible where it says the priest finally looked at the people and said, Stop. Stop giving. You've given too much. <laughs> wow. That's a miracle. <laughs> Can't wait. Am I foolish enough to believe that this could end up being one of the greatest lighthouses for God in this whole community? That, that heaven would look down and say, there, right there, that's one of my places. That's one of my headquarters. It's one of my places. Good news spreads like wildfire. I, I was thinking about, you know, what's an example, an illustration of something that, that spreads like crazy and once the word gets out. Good news that spreads like crazy. All I could think about was the crush I have on Olivia Newton-John. I was in. Oh my Thank you, media department. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm in Georgia, and I, I've, I've, been, I've been in concert, and I had a front row seat. And I'm sitting in the front row, and here out she walks singing, Have You Never Been Mellow? And I'm just like, oh. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, be cool, Ray. 
she won't notice you if you're like some geeky stalker. So just be cool. So I'm like, and she's finally singing, I honestly love you. And my soul just melts in my heart. And I am like, oh, she's so beautiful. She's more beautiful in person than she is on photographs. And I'm thinking all this stuff, and suddenly she walks at the corner up to the stage right where I'm at. And, and I looked up at her, and she went like this. And as God is my witness, I went like this. <laughs> and she touched my hand right there while she was singing. It was awesome. And I was just like, love you. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but after the concert was over, I was like, oh, my gosh, the Olivia Newton-John. This is crazy. Oh, I can't believe it. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here, and I'm like thinking, what do I do? And I, I go back behind the auditorium. And I, I got over here, and I'm looking, and I'm, and I'm just telling a story right now. So I ain't preaching right now. <laughs> but I tell this story, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm standing behind there, and her, there's her bus, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm thinking, she has to go to her bus sometime. And so I'm like, okay, all right, all right. So I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And finally, the door opened up, and out comes this big guard, and Olivia, tiny little Olivia, is walking behind me. And I am like. And I am like, I'm standing about 12 feet in front of her bus, and I am just like, just standing there. I'm just like, like, hi. <laughs> and she walks out, and she literally looks at her guard, and she says, I've got a few minutes. And so she walks to the front of the bus. And I am like, <laughs> she looks at me, and she goes, hi. And I said, hello. <laughs> she goes, what's your name? I said, Ray. <laughs> she goes, hi, Ray. And I was just like, it was like slow motion. It was like, hi, Ray. <laughs> it was crazy. And so I literally am standing there, and, and I reached out, and, of course, I took her hand. And by that time, somebody was like, there she is. And about 30 people come running around the building, and they all just, like, dive in right there. And I'm holding her hand, and I'm jerked away, and I'm just, like, still in this starstruck state. You know, and I'm standing back, and I'm getting pushed away, pushed away, pushed away, and I'm just, like, trying to take photos, and, and I finally get away from it, and I see the illustration clearly of how things can spread, news can spread like wildfire. Here I had a private audience until somebody, you know, heard what had happened. It spread like wildfire. When we understood, boy, I just killed it tonight. <laughs> It's like, you know, you find out someone's going to have a baby, and, and there's like, now don't tell anyone. We're not going to tell anybody for a few weeks. And then next thing you know, 50 people are planning your, your baby shower, you know, and it's like, they're all like, oh, I found out, but I didn't want to tell anybody. Everybody knows. Good news travels fast. Good news, you want to drop everything. Good news, you want to you get out there, and, and, and you can't wait to go share what you've heard, because it's good. That's exactly what was happening with Jesus in Mark chapter 6 and then March and then in Luke chapter 7. His teaching, his miracles were completely taking the world by storm. Everything had changed. He was making an impact on the world. He was teaching and preaching and healing the sick and healing the blind. The dead were being raised and performing all kinds of miracles. He happens up on a funeral procession where a young man from the city of Nain had been, he was dead. And, and there his mother was grieving in the front of the funeral procession and as they're moving and marching through the city he is he's passed away and the mother is grieving and Jesus is looking on and it says the Bible says he was filled with compassion 
he walked over and grabbed the young man by the hand and said to the young man, he said, get up, stand up. And he was whole from that moment and he presented him to his mother. Luke chapter 7 and verse 17 says, and the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. The word got out about Jesus and it spread like wildfire. There was a man who could heal. There was an answer, a deliverance that was there for those who were hurting, who were broken. There was an answer for those who needed the, the life-giving strength that would be provided by the deliverer. He was provision. He was all these things for them. The servant, the centurion, came to him and said, I've heard about you. If you'll just speak the word, I know my servant will be healed. You just speak the word. You don't have to come. Just speak the word, and it'll be done. And the Lord said, I haven't seen such faith in all of Israel. And he sent him on his way. The woman in Mark chapter 5, with the issue of blood, it said, when she had heard of Jesus, she moved to the crowd and pressed in and thought and came to her mind, if I can only but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. A word about the miraculous began to spread, and it spread like wildfire. Lives were changed. Lepers were cleansed. The dead was raised. And as all of this was coming out, the people started flocking to Jesus. They were coming around him like crazy. Everybody was, was following him. They were, they, he would go anywhere, and there would be just thousands of people that were sitting on the hill or sitting by the lake. And there he was as he would teach, and he would share, and, and the disciples would worry about him being too tired, and they would try to get him off somewhere alone. But all of this. The word was spreading. The fire was spreading. The good news was literally becoming joyful news to all the people as they found themselves in his presence. We remember the, the four young men who had heard enough about him that they tore open the tiles above the house where Simon was. And there they dropped and lowered their friend into the middle of the room because they knew that if they could just get to Jesus, everything would be fine. We understand and know through all of these things, it was the miracles, it was the signs, it was the wonders that made a difference, it was the, the things that he could do. You know, God didn't send his son to just come and be a good humanitarian. He didn't send him to the earth to just be a good community outreach program. And we love all of those things. It's good to do all that we can to love our community, to love our people, and to minister to our city, to make sure that they are taken care of. In all those ways, the Bible says, we minister to Christ when we do that. We visit the sick, we feed the hungry, and we clothe those who are naked. When we truly go to the prisons, we are representing Christ Jesus, and it's all part of it. But I'm afraid we've gotten away from something vital, essential, and important in the church in these last days. If the Spirit of God will truly be poured out on the congregation, if we'll truly see a last day's revival, we got to remember Jesus is more than just a soup kitchen. He's more than just someone who will feed the hungry, although those are very valuable and important. we got to remember he's come to change lives. He's come to transform our lives and our hearts and turn the sin that once cursed us forever around and give us life and life more abundant. That's what he's come to do. But churches have gotten away from him. They're preaching about the humanitarian Jesus. They're preaching about the culturally sensitive Jesus. The churches are becoming more and more <clears throat> seeker sensitive. Where we focus on teaching about the character of Christ and the grace and the love and all of these things are not wrong. They're good. 
He is a kind and loving father, everlasting father, the Bible says, the prince of peace, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He's all of those precious, wonderful things. But we've gotten away from, and churches are getting colder and colder and more complacent when it comes to the power. They don't want to talk about the power of God anymore. As a matter of fact, sometimes even the, the, the Pentecostals get a little off focus. We, we want to bring our friends, and we want them to come. We want them to, to feel good, but we, we pick a good service. We, we pick one where there's not likely to be too much trouble. We, we don't want too much of an emotional outburst. We don't want our friends to come in and see a, a great move of God. God forbid that someone should speak in tongues. Oh, please don't let anybody shout or run. Please don't let there be anything like that. Let this be a, a, just a good service where they want to come back and learn more about our Jesus. Let me tell you something. They need to know that he is a healer. A, a divine touch of supernatural power comes from him. They need to know. They've not come here looking for a Mother Teresa. They've not come here looking for another organization. They've not come looking for some do-gooder who's out to just make a difference. They want all of those things. They love to, fel to help their fellow neighbors. They love people, but people in this world, on the streets, filled with drugs and alcohol and all kinds of trouble in their marriages, all kinds of children that don't know anymore what they're believing or who they are or their identity. They don't know if they're a boy or a girl in a society that has lost its mind. The church is standing as a vital sign to them that there is an answer. His name is Jesus Christ. We can preach about a grace-loving, merciful Jesus, but we must remember to not leave out the miraculous. Signs and wonders follow believers. We're here to be that witness, that light. We're here to send a message to the world. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. There has been a change, a transformation. It's all new now. And you and I have been given that promise. We have to tell them. We have to tell them. I want to tell them what he's done. I want to tell them what he's doing in our church right now. I want to tell them about cancer that's been healed. I want to tell them about prayers that are answered. I want to tell them about a new job situation that Jamie got. I want to tell them about how you thought it was hopeless. The name had come down off the board. You had prayed and we prayed together, all three of us, about this job opportunity. And then you came back almost sad because they had taken it down. It was done. The job was no longer available. But yet somewhere, somehow in our hearts, we felt like, God wasn't finished. There was something not completely done. And it was just that. After it had been hopeless, it had been completely lost. There was no hope of it. She thought she'd been overlooked. She thought she'd been passed over. All of it. Then she walks back in here to tell me that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, everything changed in a moment. And God gave her the very job that she wanted. And by the way, gave her a significant raise to top it all off with. How many of you know he's a God that answers prayer? He's a God of miracles. He's a God of signs and wonders. I want to tell them about drug addictions that were broken, alcoholism, where people were completely healed in a moment. We don't have to live, excuse me, with these things. 
We don't have to live our whole lives with these things. I'm thankful for the programs, but the programs are meant to get in touch with the power source, which is God Almighty. If we're going to talk about a higher source, let's get connected to the higher source and get free because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. My Aunt Millie, my Aunt Millie passed away many years ago. She was part of our church and she passed away in 1997, so if you were... After that, you wouldn't even know her. She was my precious aunt, my mother's best friend. And she was amazing, wonderful lady. Would sit right back over here. And she just, she had smoked her whole life. Wanted free from cigarettes. Just wanted free from it. Didn't want, think it was right. She knew it kept her from living free. And so she wanted to get free. And she'd pray and she'd pray and she'd pray. And she'd, you know, I just can't get free from it. She'd go to church. She'd light up as soon as she got out. She couldn't hardly go home. She couldn't. It was it's a bad situation, but one night in particular, they were in a powerful Holy Ghost service at the Philadelphia Drive Church of God, and there on a Sunday night, I can take you to the pew where she was sitting, she was crying, and she looked at my mom, and she said, Mary, she said, I want to be free from this. She goes, agree with me right now that the power of God will deliver me. And she said they took hands right at that moment. The power of the Holy Ghost fell on both of them. And they began to speak in another language they did not know prior. And as they began to worship and praise the Lord, my aunt said something hit her in the top of her head, went down, burnt through her body and come back out. She started praying in a language. And there in that moment, she said the addiction of Nick Nicotine left her body. She never smoked another cigarette in her life. We're talking about the power of God. We're talking about the deaf that can hear now. We're talking about the blind that can see now. We're talking about depression and suicide. People that have these thoughts and feelings that are completely delivered and panic attacks that are completely for God can touch all of those things. Nothing is too difficult or hard for him. We have to remind ourselves almost daily that this is the truth of God's word. We must hold on to the faith that is required to get in touch with the power because I'm telling you, he's a God of supernatural signs and wonders and he's asking the church today, do you believe me for it or do you want to just still keep having church, play in church there in your building or do you want the power of God that will rock your whole world and wreck you up? It'll turn your life upside down. Are you looking for the power of God Almighty? If you're a follower of Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. There's got to be somebody in here that you were one way, but the touch of Jesus turned your life upside down, and you are now a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Who are you? Are you here this morning? Hallelujah. Jesus came and gave you a new life. You're not who you used to be. You used to be broken, but now you're whole. You used to be angry, but now you're full of joy. You used to be sick, but now you're healed. Those people in this room today say amen. amen. That's where our joy comes in. It comes from our strength. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we are strong in the word about Jesus... It'll spread like wildfire. Why would we not want to tell it? Why would we not want to tell it? Why would we be ashamed? I, I, I've seen it all through the years. But I want a resurgence of an understanding. I, I don't want game playing. I don't want foolishness in the church. I don't want these kind of things. But I want to be in place to set an atmosphere for the power of God to do his work.
He's trying to show himself powerful on behalf of his people. He's trying to show the church, and can I tell you this? He's trying to show the world that he is God on the throne. He's trying to send a message to the lost, the broken, the hurting. He wants a message sent to all those who have no clue about how powerful he can be in their life. He's wanting them to understand and know, no matter how deep they've gone, no matter how bad they've been, no matter how dark and Uh, dismal it's been in their lives he is a God of light that can come into any situation and turn it around he does not matter how mean they've been how bad they've been how evil they've been how rebellious they've been doesn't matter one drop of the blood of Jesus covered it all he is able to bring deliverance to those that are hurting amen so lastly as I get ready here and help me Gary joy 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 that will lead us to believe him, to know he gets the glory. When all the answered prayers all point to him and he receives the glory. When the power of the Almighty is at work in this church, I'm telling you, there will be a revival that is unprecedented. When we truly understand. I've gone through trials. The best thing I can do is tell what's, what's happened to me. The best thing you can do is speak from your own experience. It's not enough that you're able to look up on stage and see a preacher that tells you that he's seen the power of God. You've got to have it for yourself. You've got to experience him for yourself. He's healed my body. I'll never forget the Sunday morning at the first service, sitting right over here. I had three discs that were bulging two weeks I was actually on a walker that day I was in such pain I couldn't sleep couldn't sit in a chair it was horrible two weeks I walked around hadn't slept in forever and I came into church ready to preach come up on stage when I got up here Gary felt led of the spirit of God he said the Lord wants to heal you today and something right at that moment snapped right in my spirit and I walked up to the pulpit and I started to quote a scripture on how God is able to do anything and he can touch you and heal you and deliver you and the Lord spoke to me and said I'm holding you to my word and I said you're a healer and right about that time the power of the Lord hit me standing right here and all three of those discs popped right back into place I have not had another issue since God healed me that day And he didn't do it. I mean, he would have. He didn't do it in the privacy of my living room or my house. He did it right here in front of a whole congregation of people. Healed me immediately. In that service, just to prove that I was healed, it was Baptism Sunday. And Richard and these guys were ready to help me. They were going to get up in the baptistry, and I was going to stand there and be like the Pope, you know. I was going to do my thing. And, And I would stand there as they dunked. And I would just be like, I said, I'll do it. They're like, are you sure? Are you sure? I said, absolutely. God's touched me. I got up and I want you to know some boy got down in that water, weighed 300 pounds. Who shall remain nameless. I looked at him and I said, well, I'm either healed or I'm not healed. And I want you to know I put that boy down and raised him back up and didn't even have a slightest little pinch. God healed completely. God healed completely. It 
tell you, if I had time, I'd tell you about the night that the young man was in the car accident on the side of the road. And I was laying on my couch, and the Lord said, go get milk. I said, I ain't, I ain't going to get milk. It's too late. Wrestled with myself until finally the Lord got through to me, put me on the highway. Didn't go to my local grocery store at 12 midnight. I went all the way to Myers in Middletown. Got out, told me to leave Middletown. I got on the car, traveling, crash in front of me. A boy goes out the window, he's laying in the grass. And I walk over to him. And the Lord tells me it's his last opportunity to pray the sinner's prayer with him. I prayed the sinner's prayer with that boy, and his mother called me from the graveyard three days later. Are you Ray Phillips? Yes. Did you pray with my boy? Yes, I did, ma'am. She started crying. I told her that the Lord had prepared my heart and told me that he would not make it and that I needed to pray the sinner's prayer for him to be right with him. She began to explain that she had been gone for six months. And in that time, the boy who had been raised in church during those six months Mama was away, he started hanging out with all the wrong people, going to all the wrong places. She said, but I prayed every day. Lord, you take care of my boy. If he ever gets in trouble, you send someone to him. Every night, send somebody to him. Send somebody to my boy if he gets in trouble. And there I was on the side of that road, Franklin 73 exit my hand on that boy and the Holy Spirit says pray with him he's coming home I prayed with him and that boy prayed with me and I believe with all my heart that he stands in the presence of God today because of the signs and the wonders of God the power of God the power of God he wants to be the power in your life at Christmas, he wants you to know it's joy, unspeakable and full of glory. It's joy. It's power. It's a light. It's witness. Stand with me, please. He wants us to have a joyful urgency, an inexpressible joy. It was John the Baptist who was in prison on the week before he would be beheaded and he had served and faithfully served he had preached and he was the forerunner of the son of God and there in the prison he had heard about all the revival that was happening he had heard about the news it was spreading like wildfire about Jesus he'd raised the dead he'd healed the sick and John sent two servants to him and said ask him this question is he the one or should we look for another the very best of us go through seasons of doubt and discouragement the enemy tries to defeat us but don't you let him don't you let him the servants went to Jesus they ran to him they said Lord, Lord your servant John he's in prison they're going to kill him he wants to know, are you the one, or should we look for another? And Jesus didn't answer him. Didn't answer him. Just turned around, saw the people, and he went over and started healing. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf ears. 
He started one miracle after another. And then after a little while, after he'd healed all these people, then he turns and looks at the servant and says, go tell John. The blind see. The deaf hear. And the lame, they walk. Tell him. They ran back to tell him, and that's all John needed. Jesus decided not to look at them and say, go tell John everything's good. Go tell John that it's happening. No, he wanted them to be able to tell John what they saw with their own eyes. God wants to show you. He wants you to speak from your own encounter and experience with him. He wants you to have it. He wants you to know it. He wants him to, you did not just trust the preacher and his story, his his events, the things that happened in his life, or your mom, your dad, your grandparents, other people in the church. He wants you to have your own encounter. He wants you to experience him. The Holy Spirit is moving now all over this congregation. He's looking for people that he can show himself powerful for. He wants the power of his work, his spirit, to be alive in you right where you are. There's prayer needs that you have today. There's things that's been down inside you that you've been holding on for. I'm telling you, today is the day to let it go by faith and let the one who is able, the healer, to let him bring an encounter into your life to prove faith works and it's powerful. Are you ready? I want you with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to, if you would, respond. I I want you to say, Pastor... I have a need. I have a prayer request. I've got something in my life. I need God to move mightily on my behalf. Would you just slip up your hand? I need to see a move of God all over this congregation. Okay, hands down. Someone else would say, I came in here today. I I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I'd be doing or how I'd be responding. But right now, all I want and all I need is to get right with God. I need things between me and the Lord to be right. If you're here in this place and you'd say, Pastor, I need to pray a prayer of salvation, would you just lift up your hand and then write back down? God bless you. God bless you. Is anyone else? God bless you. Praise the Lord for these that have lifted their hands. Is there anyone else? We're waiting, waiting for you perhaps. You're thinking about it. You're contemplating. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Several have lifted their hands. We're going to pray this prayer, and then we're going to pray for us, for the congregation and the prayer needs that we have. By faith, God's going to move mountains. By faith, God's going to touch and minister to his people. Let's pray. If you're praying a prayer of salvation, easy to pray, but, oh, it's so much more difficult when we understand it must come from our heart. When it comes from our heart, it'll change our lives. So let's pray together. Church, let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. You came and you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. Purchased my salvation. You are the Son of God. I praise you and I thank you for strength for every day. Guide me and keep me till you come for me. I believe it in my heart. I confess you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.
Now, it would be important that you go by the small group table today. And, and, and there's a, a Bible there for you. There'll be someone there to talk with you, share with you, give you any information you need on getting started with your walk with God to help you along the way. So please go by and see those folks that will be standing there waiting for you. Richard, I want you to come, and I want you to pray the prayer for the salve, or for the every need that was represented and to close us out today. Before we pray, we want to let you know that, again, we want to remind you of our uh, meet and greet down in the uh, bookstore for the new folks. And also, we want to remind you, uh, bring something to your attention. We have helped over 75 children for Christmas. We've helped uh, Abilities First, a program here in our city. And uh, we've had a few folks that that took our ornaments, that took things to uh, prepare to buy stuff for folks, and then kind of never came back to us. So we have 11 kids that we need to help. And uh, if you're willing to help, maybe with a, uh, a, a donation, uh, they're about $40 uh, a kid, what we get for them. So if you would just like to, you can slip by the office. You can talk to one of us here on the staff and just say, hey, I want to sponsor one of the kids. And uh, you can just put something in an envelope right on there, uh, you know, Christmas kids or whatever you want to put on the envelope. So we'll be able to take care of those. We've we've already uh, distributed or help you know pulled all of our other resources together, everything that everybody's given, and uh, we just need to to kind of tidy up a few things, if you will. So we want to uh, bless some folks and continue to be a blessing. Let's pray, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we see you as a supernatural, extraordinary God. You're not just black and white on paper. You're not just called in some building or some religion, but God, you're supernatural. The, the laws and things, so to speak, of this world do not apply of you to you. You're bigger than all that stuff. You're incredible and super and amazing. God, where things in our hearts and minds seem impossible, where we can't see a way out, God, you're supernatural. You're able to make a way, God, where there is no way. You take the impossible and make it possible. So I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would move on every situation, Lord. At this time of the year, it would be beautiful for every one of us to have a testimony, God, to share around the Christmas tree this year about how faithful you are and how you did something supernatural. So I pray that you would move. I pray that you would heal. I pray that you would deliver and move in beautiful and wonderful ways, God, that we would be able to share your testimony, to live out, to be the equipment, to be the ones that you call us to be, to live you out around our family and friends. God, we dedicate ourselves to you and we give ourselves to you today. Lord, pray that you would have your way. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. I want to remind you again, tonight is our big uh, church-wide, uh, music-wide program. There will be tons of singing, tons of good times. God bless you.